Glad to have in the house Dr. Robert Shapiro. He's the chairman of Sonicon. They're an economic advisory firm. He's also senior fellow of the McDonough School of Business at Georgetown University. He's an internationally known economist. He's advised, among others, President Bill Clinton, Vice President Al Gore Jr., British Prime Ministers Tony Blair, and also Gordon Brown. And when they were senators, our current president, Barack Obama, and hopefully our future president, Hillary Clinton, former Secretary of State. Uh, Dr. Shapiro was Under Secretary of Commerce for Economic Affairs during the Clinton administration. More than a pleasure to have back on the show, Dr. Robert Shapiro. Dr. Shapiro, thank you for rejoining us. Happy Tuesday. Good to have you with us, sir. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Leslie. Um, I want to talk about uh, a number of things. Um, Trump has put out an economic speech. Hillary Clinton has put out an economic speech. Um, first off, how do they compare? And, and some people might say, well, Dr. Shapiro, you're a bit biased. She worked for her husband. But the plan she puts forth, some would say, is a definitely more liberal and progressive and that his was more moderate and centrist. Well, I suppose you could say that. From from the point of view of Trump, almost anything would be more moderate than the way he's been talking recently. But <laughs> he did adopt a one traditional Republican approach, which he's generally avoided. After all, he's anti-trade, which is not the traditional position of the Republican Party. He's not really for smaller government, which is the traditional position of the Republican Party, but he is for very deep tax cuts, particularly for high-income people and especially for businesses. Now, the, the interesting thing, the most interesting thing about the Trump tax plan and it really gives you an insight into how he sees the economy operating, is that he not only cuts the corporate tax from 35% to 15%, but he cuts the tax on what are called pass-through entities, um, which are currently taxed at the tax rate of the people who own them. These are partnerships and LLCs, all privately held companies. Um, Currently, if you're a high-income person and you have a partnership or an LLC, the profits flow through to you and they're taxed at your rate, your current rate. So if you're a high-income person, they'd be taxed at 39%. What he does is he cuts the rate on income from these pass-through entities to 15%, the same as the corporate tax. Um, Now, let's remember, half of all businesses and more than half of all revenues in America are generated by non-corporate businesses, these LLCs and limited partnerships and S-Corps. It includes the Trump Organization. Um, So... And and the companies owned by the Koch brothers. Um, This is in the tax policies are the clearest contrast between Hillary Clinton's approach and Donald Trump's approach. Now, now I want to ask you. I want to ask you a number of things, uh, Dr. Shapiro. But one, um, in short, can it be said based on your professional opinion? as the former Undersecretary of Commerce for Economic Affairs during the Clinton administration, that Hillary Clinton's plan will help more of the middle class, the working class, and Donald Trump's plan will help more of the rich? Well, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, And, in fact, Trump might even admit that, although he might claim that by helping the rich he would help generate jobs for the middle class. 
But the fact is that the core of Hillary's program is public investments in the things that make all enterprises more productive. And that means infrastructure, which actually Trump also supports an expansion of, though he has no way to pay for it. Um, it includes basic research and development, uh, which Trump ignores. And it includes the skills of the workforce, so that Hillary has a major plan to um, expand access to higher education and expand access to training. And the, this is the traditional mainstream economic way to increase productivity and to increase efficiency is you don't give special tax breaks to one industry or another, but you have a large program of public investment in the things that make every industry more productive. What do you find would be the most beneficial to the economy, regardless of who it benefits within the economy and why? Which plan? Well, oh, certainly, certainly Hillary, Hillary Clinton's plan. The, the fact is that her plan is targeted to increasing the productivity of all, of all workers willing to take advantage of the opportunities, for example, for retraining and for education. Uh, and hers is really a middle-class working out program, and his is an upper-class working down program. The other difference, and this is fundamental, is that the Clinton campaign has specified how everything would be paid for, that these increased investments, and investments, don't forget, that make companies more productive encourage more business investment, which in turn encourages um, more more employment. Um, and so this is, she, she is focused on what really is a central problem today, and that is that productivity gains, which which translate into income gains down the road um, after being very strong in the 90s and very strong in the first part of this century simply stopped. They, they have not recovered from the um, financial crisis and the deep recession that followed. Uh, and ultimately, this is the most, I think to most economists would say, this is the number one thing we've got to address is the fact that productivity is growing very, very slowly. We have to restore strong productivity growth because without it, we don't get rising incomes, and without rising incomes, we don't get more jobs and an economy that's growing for most people. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back with our guest, and we welcome your questions and your comments as well. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Dr. Robert Shapiro, who's chairman of Sonicon, an economic advisory firm, and a senior fellow of the McDonough School of Business at Georgetown University, is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for Economic Affairs in the Clinton administration. You can follow him on Twitter at Rob Shapiro, and go to the website sonicon.com. That's S-O-N-E-C-O-N. I'm Leslie Marshall, back after this. Dr. Robert Shapiro. 
Shapiro is our guest, former Undersecretary of Commerce for Economic Affairs in the Clinton Administration, Chairman of Sonicon, an economic advisory firm, and Senior Fellow at the McDonough School of Business at Georgetown U. Dr. Shapiro, thank you for holding and welcome back. Um, obviously, you know the economy, but a lot of people out there, myself included, I'm certainly not an, a, an expert in the economy, and people just know how they feel. So there is a visceral reaction when somebody talks about the economy. Donald Trump gave a speech about the economy. Hillary Clinton gave a speech about the uh, economy and, and their proposed policies. How would you say their speeches compared? Not just their policies, but their speeches, Dr. Chabir. Well, you know, the speeches really express their different approaches to this election. Um, Hillary Clinton presented a reason program that 90% of economists in America would say was fundamentally sound um, and ha- uh, specified how she would pay for it. She cast the programs in ways that make it plausible that Congress could actually pass them. Um, Donald Trump is is more kind of an aspirational politician. What he said, what his speech was about what he wants to achieve and this notion that he alone is is the only person who could achieve it. And so while Clinton says, look, I am going to work within the political system, work with Congress to achieve uh, goals which are which can be achieved, and here's how I'm going to do it, and here's how I'm going to pay for it. Uh, Donald Trump's speech um, was, um, things are terrible, I can make them great, I'm the only one who can make them great, um, and the key to it is huge tax cuts. Most people would get small tax cuts, wealthy people and business owners would get the biggest tax cuts, and that will usher in prosperity. The truth is that um, there's no economic basis for that. And so while hers is a kind of strictly economic speech, his is more a kind of speech that appeals to belief in his leadership qualities. So if you believe in his leadership qualities, then his speech makes sense. Um, His problem is that his um, constant comments on um, anyone who criticizes him um, uh, have now portrayed him as someone whose leadership would make what appears to be a majority of the electorate very nervous. So in that sense, I think her speech is more successful. Don't forget they are mainly speaking to their own supporters, and they're speaking to the certifiers, the media. Uh, That's a problem for Donald Trump because um, Donald Trump as an aspirational politician, um, makes up facts to support uh, whatever assertion he's making. And the press this year has been um, pretty rigorous in comparing his assertions with known facts, and have and found them um, consistently wanting. 
I think the the apart from the kind of the fact that his program lead um, favors very wealthy people so much, the other and really most disturbing thing about it is that uh, it would increase the deficit by trillions of dollars. And, so that, and do, go ahead, Doctor Sheriff. So the, if the economy were beha- were were to grow at a reasonable rate, that deficit would begin to squeeze out or crowd out private business investment and would cut short an expansion. Um, and it's it's simply, you know, this country has gone through many bouts now of very large deficits, and one of the things we find is that they tend to reduce business investment, they tend to reduce employment, um, unless you're in a recession when, when it happens. And they change our politics because once you put a big deficit in place, usually through these big tax cuts, the political conversation shifts for the next several years to not what can we achieve for the country and for uh, middle-class Americans and working-class Americans, but what what programs do we cut and what taxes do we raise in order to reduce the deficit? The deficit becomes the center of policy conversation instead of how to improve conditions for average people. Um, Dr. Shapiro, there are those that would say that an area that Donald Trump truly has had, at least in the past, strength over Hillary is the economy. He's a businessman. People like that. He has a different way they think of doing things. They like the bravado. Um, but when we look at recent polls, him being uh, on, on top of the uh, you know heap, if you will, um, that the lead that he has with Hillary seems to be gone, and the lead on economic issues is gone. Yeah. Um, do you think people just are seeing that the math doesn't add up? They're Googling how many lies he is putting out there when he talks. I had, like, you know, a notebook full of them yesterday when he spoke. Um, you know, or honestly has other rhetoric, uh, in a sense, tainted his uh, putting forth policy on an economic level? Well, I think there are two factors at work here. One is all the stories about how he amassed his fortune and the bankruptcies, all the contractors who were left holding the bag, the scandal with Trump University, um, uh, the fact that he, uh, Trump clothes are made abroad. I think all of that has eroded uh, his image as a business leader who knows what he's doing. The other fact factor here is that, um, as a general proposition, if a presidential candidate or a president has uh, strong numbers in leadership, they that translates into rising numbers in um, every area of leadership. The two primary being the economy and foreign policy. Um, and um, Trump's leadership, support for his vision of leadership has eroded very badly. And that's really a comment by the electorate on the kind of person they think he is. And, um, and he has been the one who's revealed this through incident after incident. Um, and if the public doesn't trust you, 
as a leader, they're not going to trust you as a manager of the economy or a manager of the country's uh, uh, national security. Okay. I, I, I want to uh, – there's so many questions I have uh, regarding this. The Donald Trump says he wants to make America great again. On paper, is America – and in reality, is America economically in a better place than when Barack Obama first came into office? <laughs> well, there's no doubt about that. When, when uh, President Obama – um, assume the presidency, the United States was spiraling into a depression, which would have pulled down the entire world into a global depression. Uh, he stopped that process. He stabilized his policy, stabilized the economy, um, and since and then inaugurated a very, very long period over 70 months of job gains. Um, the job growth in this administration has been uh, double, more than double, the job growth in the Bush administration. Um, it's almost but not quite as strong as the job growth we saw in the Clinton and the Reagan administrations when the economy generally was, was a lot stronger. Um, stock market is way up. Incomes have begun to rise. Since, since 2013, incomes have been rising across the board at healthy rates, and in particular among minorities um, and among people without college education. Uh, and now the, the, those gains still have not made up for the losses, which occurred not only from the financial crisis and from the recession which followed, but income losses that were sustained throughout the Bush expansion for most people. And so people still don't feel really good uh, because they they still haven't made up for those losses. Uh, but the fact is uh, the economy has been moving in the right direction. Let me say the economy has been weak the last two quarters. Um, and there, there's no sign of a recession coming anytime soon. But it has been weak, um, and um, uh, in large part that's because of the slowdown in productivity growth, but it's also because of the slowdown in the rest of the world. You know, the United States has, our economy has performed, recovered and performed much better than um, all the other large advanced economies. England, France, Japan, Germany, Italy. Um, so in that sense, again, uh, it's a uh, pretty good record. Let me say there is one area in which the two candidates um, have some agreement, partial agreement, that I think most economists would not agree with, um, and that is the attacks on trade. Um, the fact is that... Um, particularly in an economy in which productivity is not rising very quickly, for the economy to grow, it needs to tap into foreign demand. Okay, so wait, wait, let me cut in so people understand. Would you say, well, does TPP tap into foreign demand? Because TPP is, you know, hated uh, by so many. 
um, in, including uh, allegedly Donald Trump, I think, to try and get Bernie supporters. But there are many in the Republican Party that yes. that, that like this plan, that like the trade deal TPP. And there are many in the Democratic Party who like it, including President Obama. Um, trade has become the kind of lightning rod for people's sense of economic disappointment over the last 15 years. The fact is that much of that has has had very little, much of that disappointment has had very little to do with trade. But it's always easy to blame an outsider. Now, this, of course, is the fundamental theme of the Trump campaign, is to blame, quote-unquote, outsiders for everything, whether it's China and or Japan in trade, or whether it's American Muslims, or whether it's... Uh, uh, Hispanics and both documented and undocumented immigration. Um, the outsider is 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 the enemy, um, and trade has become a way to talk about that um, and um, give people a sense that um, here's something the president can do. That if in fact the problem is outsiders, that will make a difference in people's lives. Um, the fact is that, you know, as the most advanced economy in the world, we are by far the most successful economy in all of the 21st century industries in advanced manufacturing, in Internet-based industries, in IT-based in industries. Um, trade works for us because we produce things which everyone else in the world needs. And um, it may be that there are provisions of TPP which ought to be revised. Um, when Bill Clinton ran for president, he said he supported NAFTA, but said we're we're going to make some side agreements that will improve it. Um, I hope that if um, Secretary Clinton is elected, that that's how she'll move to make revisions in TPP. But the fact is, we are the world's number one economy, but we are embedded in a global economy. We can't turn our backs on the global economy. Um, trade has brought in low-priced goods for American consumers. Yes, it does cost some jobs, but the fact is, most of the jobs that were lost to trade were lost in the 70s and 80s. That's when we began to ship jobs to Mexico and Asia because... But, but, but Dr. Shapiro, to cut in, some would say your former boss, President Bill Clinton, is the reason for that with NAFTA. That's not entirely true, right? NAFTA was already in the works with the uh, previous uh, administration. Well, in fact, it had been concluded by George Herbert Walker Bush. What Bill Clinton uh, did was he got it passed through Congress. He didn't negotiate that deal. Uh, we did negotiate the Uruguay round, uh, which created the World Trade Organization, which has been an enormous boon for the world. It's been one of the major factors that have um, enabled hundreds of millions of people in developing countries to move out of poverty. And, and as they move out of poverty, they become customers for the kinds of advanced goods that the United States still leads the world in. 
Um, I know it's not a popular position politically right now, but as an economist, but that's a reality. Uh, we cannot say that the problem here is trade. Okay, very quickly, because we've got to take a break, um, or at the end of the hour, uh, in, into uh, talk media news coming out uh, of D.C. Uh, very quickly, Dr. Shapiro, in a sentence or two, does... Hillary Clinton's ability as a former senator and secretary of state to work with Democrats and Republicans in the House and the Senate factor in largely with regard to the economy and any economic policy or legislation you try to put forth, unlike Donald, who you had mentioned Mr. Trump likes to do it alone. Absolutely. The fact is, you know, the the best way to understand the contrast between Secretary Clinton and Bernie Sanders in the primaries was that Secretary Clinton laid out a series of policies on the economy, on climate change, on the rights of women, um, on the minimum wage, all of which could be achieved in the current political context. Her goal has always been to make progress, and to make progress, you got to you have to recognize um, what the conditions are to get things achieved. Um, this she will be a president that will improve the lives of Americans, precisely because she understands how to get things done and is dedicated to doing so. Dr. Shapiro, always a pleasure to have you on. I always learn a lot when you're on and look forward to having you back again, sir. Thank you and have a wonderful Anytime, rest of the day. Leslie. Thank you. Dr. Robert Shapiro, chairman of Sonicon. Check out their website, sonicon.com, S-O-N-E-C-O-N. They're an economic advisory firm. He is a senior fellow of the McDonough School of Business at Georgetown U and former undersecretary. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it. Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.